Everything sequel contains explicit language. And why the fudge not, you melon farmer? Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is a $10 bonus episode for Patreon. Michael Schantz here. I'm from the How Dare You Awards. Joining me to talk Karate Kid 2010 is the Karate Kid himself, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Say hi, Tom. Karate, kung fu, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, I, you know, I don't think you can be that this loose with terminology when it's the title of your film. <laughs> they, uh, I think it does. I think I think it does matter. I think at one point they said that they wanted to make it the Kung Fu Kid, and it was yeah. Weintraub, producer, that okay. said, "No, we're not doing that," because everybody knows it as the Karate Kid and blah 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 blah. And then there was some IMDb note of bullshit that said it's in reference to one of the kids in the first fight, like one of the bullies call him the Karate Kid when he sets up to fight. Mm. But that must have been really, really off screen because I didn't even hear it. Yeah, there, there was plenty of moments in this movie where I wish I was watching uh, a Chinese film called The Kung Fu Kid. <laughs> I think I think the project might have actually worked if that's what if that's what they made. Your only your only criticism is the title. No, definitely not. <laughs> okay, good. Um, what I'm saying what I'm saying is that there there are moments in the movie where it feels like a a foreign language remake of the, of yeah. the Karate Kid, and I feel like if they'd have lent more in that direction, it actually could have worked. Mm-hmm. Because everything I, everything I like about the movie, is, in moments where, that's exactly what it feels like it is. Yeah, right. And then you're you're pulled out of it, and you remember the movie that you're actually watching, <laughs> which is well, some weird weird hybrid between. You're pulled two. out of it to watch the movie you're watching, and then you're also pulled out of it to watch the movie, you watched in 1984. Tell me about it. Just yeah. not as good. <laughs> you know? I mean, my big... My overall note for this film... Um, is... It reminds me that you can't... Make such drastic changes... To location... And characterization... And expect the beats of the story to, to play To stay the same. same. Yeah, exactly. If you don't make story adjustments to accommodate those changes, the movie doesn't work. You're sunk in the water. Yeah, it just it fundamentally doesn't work. It everything is going to feel off for the rest of the movie. You're right. And that's exactly what happens. Well, for our ten dollar Patreon members, we're talking the Karate Kid remake of uh, 1984's Karate Kid from 2010 and it's directed by Harold Zwart. Yes. Uh Tom, this guy's going to be in our life again at some point. Oh, he's a Norwegian gentleman, that's all I know about. Well, in addition to directing One Night at McCool's and Agent Cody Banks, 
He directed The Pink Panther 2. Oh. I'm right. loath to f- admit that I cannot figure out. No, I'm not loath to admit. I, I happily, readily admit. I cannot think of what qualifies him to direct this movie after having directed those movies. It <laughs> why, also seems Why like... would you think of this guy? And why would you not think of a, a Chinese filmmaker? Hmm. Why would you go with the Norwegian film director? Yeah. Because this film is crying out for a, for an Asian perspective. You know what else surprised me? What? That the film's set in China? That surprised me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, everything you're saying is right in the idea, like, what, what, what a smart choice it would have been to get a Chinese director. But having said that, this movie has 66% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's pretty well, high. That means, that means the devil is involved. Go on. <laughs> but listen to this. A budget of $40 million, an opening weekend of $55.6 million. In the USA, $176.5 million, and in the world, $359.1 million. Yeah. I did not remember this movie being that big a hit. I think it's designed. It's. I'm shocked. It's designed that way, isn't it? Like the the it's it's calculated to get the the largest possible international market. Well, there's that, and then because it's 2010, I can't help but think, you know, the 2008 Olympics having taken place in China, in Beijing. It, yeah, right. And this movie, set. you know, this the, that was clearly. The re the reason for the inversion of locale. It well, it's it's first of all, I just want to say because if you've not seen this movie, you might be surprised to know. Even if you have, I'm still surprised. This movie's set in China. <laughs> Did not know that going into the movie. So I was right. You hadn't seen it. Of course, I hadn't seen it. Of course, you were right. All right. Um, don't don't take that and loop it. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now you've given me the idea. Yeah, you cut it out and then loop it every put... time I speak. Every time I speak on the podcast. Yeah, of course you're right. <laughs> from 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 here in memoriam. No, so so for me it's it's threefold. That's the first part of it. Mm-hmm. The aftermath of the of the that's probably too strong a word to use. <laughs> post 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 Olympic Beijing. And right. the image it wants to present to the world. And I would say kind of post-glow of that Olympics from Beijing. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. you know, we were, we, yes. we were all enthralled, I think, by... It really did... It really Come did... On. We, were, we were all just jealous of how much control the Chinese government had over their citizens. <laughs> to, to jump out of boxes. We're all driving to work in the moment. We're to all jump out of boxes the... and bang on drums. Right, so we were driving to work in the morning. It's going, you know, some of these, some of these idiots could really, could really use some of that Chinese government control. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, so, but go so ahead. That, no, but that's the first part of it. I think the second part of it is what's going on historically, where America is now fearing China as a global global superpower. superpower, right? Um, and 
the third part of that is Hollywood as an industry trying to court the international distribution market of China, which is like one of the biggest in the world. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you combine all that, and that's how you get this movie. That's how you get that choice to set this movie right. in Beijing. I mean, it's we're two years away from 2012, where you know, so, sorry, the movie 2012. Obviously, two years away. I'm not an idiot. We're two years <laughs> away from 2012. I can kind fucking of... count to two. Thank you. <laughs> from the movie 2012, where of course the Chinese are the, are the heroes of the piece, specifically, so this movie could be released in China. Yeah. And there's a similar thing going on. It's like half the time I feel like I'm watching a a tourist information film from the Chinese government. Sure. So it's it's kind of it might out of context it seems like a crazy choice in context it makes perfect sense how about just from a movie remake choice it's a disaster what you don't you don't think it feels like a natural choice no. for, an, for an inversion no not at all okay again well it it, it could work if they changed the story around it yeah. But they don't. So it's fucked. It's fucked from the inside. Yeah, but what I'm saying... That's such a graphic image. I apologize. <laughs> it's fucked from the inside. <laughs> you know, you gotta, fuck, something... you gotta fuck it on the inside. It sounds like something Terry Gilliam would shout on the set of uh, <laughs> Lost in... Of the Don Quixote movie. Uh, yeah, it's you tell that. us when we're fucked from the inside! <laughs> Uh, but if they had made those changes, well, yeah, I, what I'm what I'm essentially saying is, if this was a Chinese movie, if this was a foreign language Chinese remake of the Karate Kid called the Kung Fu Kid, mm-hmm. if the character was from a different part of China, if the lead character was from a different part of China and not from Detroit, <laughs> of course this movie could, and everyone was speaking, everyone was was speaking in Mandarin, of course this movie would work. Well, it's because it's so it's it's it, the material, the ingredients are good, but mm-hmm. you can't make the you can't make these giant changes to the material and not account for it in the story. Yeah. That's insane. The main character can't speak the same language as anyone else he meets. Right. And nothing is made of it. And, he, and it doesn't and affect al- the story one iota. He also makes no attempt to do so. Well, exactly. I mean... I guess I be- that's unfair. You know, he, he makes an attempt with no, the no, father towards the end. He really doesn't. But he was, at least makes gonna... the attempt to read it off paper. Yeah, I'm trying... I'd, one, of, one, of my, one of the things I'm going to try and catch myself on is being needlessly mean to Jaden Smith. Okay. So this movie, okay. this movie gives you a lot of opportunity for that. It does, and I want to resist that low-hanging fruit when I can. I'm, I'm gonna so have to I'm, at some point get me. Yeah, but I don't want to do it as a matter of course. I found that to be a challenge while watching this movie because I couldn't figure out if I didn't like things <laughs> I was actually seeing on screen or. <laughs> Or if if my distaste for the weird, wacky comments and quotes that I know he's known for were influencing me to dislike oh, well, yeah. his, this this movie and his performance. Well, I want to make I sure that I was trying to be as fair as possible. Yeah, to because he's Smith. a tr- 
because he's a 12-year-old child. Right. Who, let's face it, is doing this against his will. <laughs> I think you might be right. I, I am absolutely. I the, mean... The pictures at the end of the movie might, might support that. He's a, he's a prisoner of his parents' power. Yeah. Right? And the the foot and just you know nothing to... like nothing nothing in this movie made me more uncomfortable than the first time I saw pictures of Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah. At the end credits of this fucking movie. Well, I've got plenty. As you as you might imagine, I've got plenty to say about that in my credit check. All right. Well, then let's get but to, to s- it. But to start at the beginning of uh, the movie and not yeah. and not to kind of uh, and not to kind of cut off anything else you have to say. Um, no, no. Go ahead. Wise. Um. But the first time, I don't think I've ever seen Jaden Smith in a movie, but the first time I saw, so this is it's not only the first time I've seen this film. You hadn't seen Pursuit of Happiness? No, I haven't seen Jaden Smith act before. Mm. Um, and the first thing I thought when I when, when he's introduced, I thought, I'm surprised he's not more kid actory than he is, mm-hmm. given his upbringing. And then I rethought that, and it made sense. Because that the the kid actoriness that I'm thinking of comes from exposure to showbiz, from going to classes, to going to pageants, mm. for doing auditions. Jaden has been spared all of that because right. his parents can literally have the money and power to go. Uh, okay, you're in. starring in a you're starring in a movie this summer. Yeah. So it actually makes sense that his you know he's this blank canvas. This has this lifeless face throughout the entire movie, <laughs> and it left as the movie went on. I was like, you know, I could do with a bit more of the kid actoriness, yeah, because right. he's really, but bo- he's really boring to watch. But I also think that at times he thinks he's giving like, like Curly, from the Three Stooges level. <laughs> comedic beats in this movie i think that's what he thinks he's doing and he's not going back to a previous episode it's more like curly when they turn the sound effects off <laughs> right and it's it's just a homicidal maniac <laughs> well it's it's yeah it, uh, but but every time he's on like every time i have these thoughts exactly the the thoughts that we've both been expressing I feel bad about it. I feel guilty because he's twelve. The the he's twelve years old. Yeah, right. You know that 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 his parents have to some extent pushed him into this. Can I ask you a question right off the yeah. bat? Mm. He's playing a kid, Dre Parker, is from Erotic. Detroit. Obviously, the family is in trouble. Mom at one point says, "This is our last hope." Moving to China and me taking this job. Uh, so I don't think they're well, com- they're not uh, coming just from think, a p- just think about what you just said. Just think <laughs> about what you said in terms of plausibility. Right. <laughs> How can you like lose your job and be invited to take a job in China by the people who fired you? Am I, am I being totally naive here? But this is not how I thought outsourcing worked, because if it did work like this. Americans wouldn't fear outsourcing. They'd just be, oh, I guess I live in a different place, working the same job. Right. <laughs> That's not. But the jobs go to China. You don't go with the job. But this movie is that what it was? That strictly that? I thought it was more like she had to find another job, and China was the only place she could get it. 
but okay it's still crazy you're still crazy it's still crazy you're right well you just sort of like i'm gonna go go, want ads let's look at the beijing wait okay we're we're off point already i want to i want to ask you but this movie but this is a this is no this is crucial this is a baffling narrative choice it is it's it's literally just for the inversion and for the propaganda they're going to ignore... Yeah, you're right. They want to ignore everything that makes sense narratively just to have the inversion and basically to sell the movie to China. Now, having said all that, though, you know, the narrative, the family, they're they're clearly they're not people of means. And yet... Right. And I hate saying this because, like you said, that we're talking about a 12-year-old kid and his circumstances are his circumstances. But I oh, could this never. Is, this for is a what second... you're about to say. You're what you're about to say is fair comment. Okay. So this is economics. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes, I could never shake the feeling that I was no. watching a kid of the most immense privilege. That you could like, it's just sort of written all over his face. <laughs> And it's so hard to watch, Tom. It's true. It's no, so really fucking hard. hard to watch. I have a theory. I have a theory that later on in in the tr- in the training montage when he's getting tennis balls thrown at him. Yeah. I bet they had to change whatever it was to tennis balls just so Jaden knew it had a sport that he understood as a rich person. <laughs> I bet it didn't start off as tennis balls. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure I totally agree with that, but it makes sense still. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. It's it's. Yeah. It, all everything you're saying, everything you're saying is true, and it, it leaves a nasty taste in your mouth. It does. It makes you very hard to. It makes it very hard to invest emotionally in his performance, because. Of stuff which is largely you know off screen. You know what's the other funny part is that. Well, please tell me. I have no idea. The the, <laughs> the, the character of I think his name is Chang, the Zenway, yeah, the uh, bully, the bully. Yeah, Johnny Lawrence. Jo- the Johnny Lawrence of this movie. Johnny I could, Lawrence. I could also never shake the feeling, despite the fact that I think he's making an honest effort towards yeah that that character. I could never shake the feeling that I was watching the face of a very sweet boy. Mm. And then the pictures at the end of the movie confirmed that thought for me as well. When he's sitting there like best friends with with Jaden Smith. So but th- but this is something that ha- so when you know when we're talking about changing characters changing information about the characters but not changing the story to accommodate it mm-hmm. reducing the ages of these characters makes a huge difference it makes such when they're a fighting each other yeah. it just looks like it's it's just child abuse right i mean child on child abuse sure but still i guess when when jackie chan's beating them up you're like Shh, this is i don't want to see this this is right. unpleasant because they're so, all in like the seventh grade yeah. if he's 12 years old Jesus Christ! Well, this is a good idea. Fucking fuck! Do you know what it reminded? Do you know what it reminded me of as well? What I kept mm. flashing in my mind was that episode of Seinfeld where Kramer's in the karate class. Yeah, with, uh, kids. <laughs> I, know, I had the same thought, <laughs> and I don't think that's what they were going for. Oh man! 
Oh yeah, this is. Uh, I'm. I'm glad. I'm glad it's not just me, and I'm glad that. I'm glad that your position is that there's there's a lot of there's a lot of baggage that this movie has that yeah. isn't necessarily to do with the movie itself, but right. you can never you can never unsee. Right. <laughs> and it's funny because on the most basic level, it makes the movie hard to watch. Yeah, agreed. And well, you've you've got a lead actor with. A lead actor with no charisma, plus uh, kids getting, you know, kids getting beaten up. Right. It's not a recipe for success. All right. Uh, should we get into the narrative, or do you want to talk a little bit about Jackie Chan? Where's that leave Jackie Chan in all of this? For me? Yeah. I think he's excellent in this movie. I do, too. I think it's it's disappointing that... The film around him doesn't live up to what he brings. To yeah. I because even in moments that I would never choose to do narratively, you know, with him driving the car that kills his wife and son. Yeah. It's not the same as them dying in it's, an internment it, camp, is it's it? It's not it's at not. all. No, it's well, I, th- I don't think they died. in. Well, maybe they were in the internment camp. Yeah, they but, were in an internment camp when they died. But she died uh, giving birth. To the child, I think. Well, that's yeah, right. In right. in an internment camp, but in the internment camp, okay. Yeah. Having said that, I would never make that choice. Yet Jackie Chan yeah. is acting the shit out of that one moment. It's a beautiful scene. It's, it's so beautiful well, scene. you know, acted. I mm-hmm. I just I just wish they gave him something worthy of that performance. It it really is like it's such a fucking bummer. It really is, and you know. I, I I mean I I admire him greatly as a mm-hmm. as a film star. I think you know he his signature style of martial arts. It's kind of a mashup of martial arts, comedy, and dance that he does. Yeah, right. It's unique to him. I always love seeing it. I think just in terms of straight drama, he's doing a fantastic job with this character. I do too. And I think I think people might confuse not liking the movie for not liking his version of Mr. Miyagi and that, you know, how dare anyone try to yeah, right. um, replace Pat Morita, but that's, but it's the I, one I thing think... in the movie that's working all the time. I know it's again, it, it's like, it's like in, in last crusade, there's so much that's not working. And yet the, the thing that's most vulnerable to not work works, right? which is his father. <laughs> yeah. And you just like, how did they pull that off and screw up everything else? I feel like exactly <laughs> the same here. It's like, this is, this is the one part of the movie I was predisposed to not like. Mm-hmm. And it's the one part of it that won me over more than anything else. Yeah, and that's right. all down to Jackie Chan. Well, it's a great performance. He is a great artist. Uh, he's absolutely. I'm glad the we're right on the same page then. But they hamstring him. Yeah. Because he's playing someone. He's not even playing someone who's an immigrant. He's not. He's got no dislocation from the place he's in. Right. So they have to ham up the tragedy aspects of it, which limits what he can do with the character. Mm-hmm. Anyway, because there's all kinds of nice surprises in the the '84. You know, when we first meet Miyagi, he's you know in the shack that we didn't know what to call. <laughs> like he's 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 in. I, be- him... I believe we came <laughs> we up with the very catchy title of the non Freddy Krueger boiler room. <laughs> to correct you, sir. 
as that t-shirt. But yeah, but then, you know, the lovely surprise in that movie is you see, you know, this house that he built and like the cars that he has. And so, you know, that like the discipline he's had and the money he's saved and and how, you know, wisely he's, you know, spent his money or, you know, all of that is fantastic. And then when you you leave the character in his homeland Mm. and there are no surprises like that. He's just a sad yeah. man in a sad he's place. Just a, he's just a sad man. <laughs> a sad man alone eating noodles. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah. It, this is, um, again, overall note for the movie. I think, I think this would, this has the potential to work as a Chinese remake of The Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. When it's him and Chinese Kreese, who I'm going to call Cheese. <laughs> The scenes between them, I'm like, I'm buying, I buy all of this. Master Lee, I would love I think, to sit... is what you're searching would... for. Sorry? Master Lee, I think, is what you're searching for, Master... sir. Or, or cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to sit down and watch a foreign language remake of, of The Karate Kid. Yeah. Set in, set in Beijing. With Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And the kid playing Daniel doesn't even need to be very good. Better than Jaden Smith, but not that not particularly good. <laughs> that shouldn't be hard. He just has to be from China. Yeah. Another part of like rural China or whatever whatever China's equivalent of New Jersey is, that's where he's from. <laughs> right? If, if you if you're of Chinese descent, write in. Let us know what the Chinese version of New Jersey yeah. is. Oh, anyway. We talked about coding in the first movie, how easily that movie codes itself. Mm. It's funny that, you know, we get, we still, it's still Columbia. So we have the logo, not the most, you know, not the charming logo that I love, but still the Columbia logo. (laughs) A less expensive, a less expensive ornament at your grandparents' house. Yeah, exactly. But this movie seems to want to code itself as African-American, as black right away. Yeah. With its song choice. And yet, nothing else mm-hmm. in the movie seems to lean in that direction. Technically, it is it is a balance that needs to be redressed from the original Karate Kid. And even then, it said, you know, the Hispanic and black community are missing from that film. And right. th- where they would otherwise be there. But... Again, you just you have to make it more straightforward. It's just like yeah, it's right. like black black when when it's when the when black Americans are moving to Beijing, that becomes about the cultural difference between America and and China. <laughs> right. Yes. It, it not about not about the you know the it you know the intricate the intricacies of ethnicity within those countries <laughs> is lost as yeah. soon as you do that. And I think you're absolutely right. I think it's it's. It, yeah, it just gets lost. It gets lost in the mix, to use a, a vinyl term, which was the logo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I forgot we had a second logo. Overlook, uh, Overbrook. But I thought, I thought, um, what an interesting choice to try that because I saw, I did see this movie in the theater and then forgot it completely. <laughs> um, did you forget that it was set in China? No, I I remember okay. that part of it. <laughs> I got that far. Because I got to tell you, I got to tell you, with a lot of these reboots, you know, it's fairly predictable what's going to happen. Sure. Not because they're they're pretty much remakes anyway. Right. 
But I gotta say, the biggest surprise I've probably had since we've been covering reboots is that growth development chart where he writes moved to China. Right. I paused it. I kept reading it. I went, it can't be China. It cannot be China. It must be <laughs> California, but he didn't have the space to write it. And I looked again and again, and all I could see was China, China, China. And then then the next scene, it's like, let's get on the plane to go to China. Right. And I'm like, he's leaning oh, over to a guy and trying to speak it, Chinese to him. And he says, dude, it, I'm from Detroit. Yeah, which they think is, you know, the best joke ever made. Yeah. And is the the most basic joke you could make. Yeah, exactly right. That's actually that's that's that goes for Jaden Smith as well. Like so many of the scenes he's in count on him being a special kid and he's the least special kid. Yeah, exactly. I could possibly think of. And but anyway, so but you know, to be fair to the movie, when it opens with that growth development chart and the camera tracks upwards, I was like, oh, good, like a, a visual piece of exposition. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is a nice way to start the story. And then I see <laughs> Daddy died. Right. And I'm already out because I'm, there's no way you'd put anything that flippant about such a tragic life event mm -hmm. that way. Like, not without, well, not, not without I mean, at least mom saying... Honey, you don't want to be. You don't, let's let's get rid yeah. of this one. We'll paint over that. Right, right underneath. Need milk. You know, it's like it's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Storytelling bullshit. Yeah. And then you know the, uh, I uh, my mouth is agape, as I find out this movie's going to be about in them going China. To China. And. I'm so and surprised. Again, I'm, try you didn't I'm trying even to think in two thousand. Come in knowing that much about it. But why would I? Why I mean, would I ever might think have they seen would a do preview this? of it? No, I understand that. But if I didn't have any, um, if I had no preview, no foreknowledge, yeah, I could never guess that this is what they would do. All right, with the format. Um, and then it made me think of other reboots we've seen, like RoboCop, mm -hmm. which was around this time. Also, a section of which is in China. Yeah. Like America's really afraid of China in this period. I don't mm -hmm. feel like we are now, but we must have been in around 2010 to 2015. Well, I think it's it's between afraid and wanting to court. Exactly because we and want that's the, the tension their money. that's in yeah. this movie. Yeah, um, we want we want them we want their money. <laughs> we also want to keep our own money. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And they're they're in they're in his attention and. You know, as they're leaving, so yeah, it's just there's as they as they're leaving. First of all, you know, we said with the original Karate Kid that it's very clear from the visuals that that this is a modern day frontier story that they're yeah. pioneers on the trail to the West. But they never, you know, as with pretty much everything in Karate Kid, they never say that. Sure, they allude to it visually. Of course, here the mother, the first thing that comes out of the mother uh, Taraji P Henson's mouth as a mother is, "It's like we're brave pioneers." <laughs> so we dialogue like that. Who needs subtext? <laughs> so there's a point of comparison already. Good on us, the movie, son. The movie knows what it is and wants the audience to know it knows what it is. Yeah, and that's a weaker movie movie already. Um, and as they're as they're 
going to the airport, there's like factory closed mm-hmm. signs. I, I made the where... note that they seem to be going for the same thing that the original did by showing Newark, New Jersey and that sort of, you know, yeah, but it's a urban motif. But it, yeah, exactly. Right. Because Detroit is dying. Yeah. It's not going to exist as a city. So in the original, if Daniel and his mother want to come back from California, New Jersey's still going to be It'll there. It'll be okay. Yeah. And all they have to do is get from California to New Jersey. In that station wagon. Not a safe right. bet, but, you know, it'll <laughs> no, probably get there. It's, yeah, and they know that New Jersey will be there when they get there. Yeah. For these, for, for these pioneers, <laughs> they this is the point of no return. Detroit will Detroit is gone. <laughs> if they want to come back, there's no more Detroit and also they have to find a way of getting back from China. It's not the same. <laughs> but it's treated as if it's the same. I don't get it. <laughs> but that factory closed, one of those factory closed signs comes on screen at exactly the point that the China Film Group Corporation title comes up. <laughs> and at that point, I was like, I am in a Chinese propaganda film. <laughs> <laughs> what this is telling me is, America, your economic dream is over. Oh, we are your mercy. new overlords. And I, for, and I, for one, welcome our new overlords. <laughs> That's amazing. And then, you know, to add in, just in terms of filmmaking, even taking out the bizarre kind of political choices, um... We talked about how they managed to show the journey in the original movie without right. ever going into the car. And of course, they do exactly the opposite here. We have a time-lapse we have a, plane exactly. scene. <laughs> like, you, the original trick, you don't need the plane scene at all, right? It's like, <laughs> no no one's going, well, I said they were going to the plane, and now they're in China. And now, yeah, exactly. How did they get there? Why, why, how would I know what happened on that journey... Unless yeah. they showed it to me. And once we once we arrive once we arrive in Beijing, this is where the tourist information film kind of takes over mm-hmm. because they're explicit. They only want to look. They only want to look at parts of Beijing that reinforce the international image they want to project now. Right, and all that is carefully cultivated by Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. So that they yeah. can, you know, sell the movie overseas. I mean, it's, you know, it's... Right. I they even know. say... Feels... They even have the joke, there's nothing old in China. I mean, this is a commercial mm-hmm. for China. For Beijing. <laughs> yeah, the, like, the, basically... Well, basically, the storytelling is given over to marketing at that point. Yeah, right. I think is the, 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 you know, the, the, the point I'm making and... It's just it, yeah, like it just I don't, it just gives you they the They keep ickies. trying to explain why. They keep trying to explain why they've gone to Beijing and it never really adds up. No, you're right. Yeah. It always uh, falls just short of that. Cuz like I'm not sure I understand what she does or where she does it. No. And it's never, never going to come up again in the movie. You know. In the original, we didn't see either of her workplaces. We knew she worked for Rocket Computers and then an Italian restaurant. Yeah. Done. But we didn't need as much information because we didn't go to fucking China. Right. And then just to make it even more confusing, the first 
kid he meets is a white American and blonde. Yeah. Which again is never contextualized. I'm like, is this where Westerners go in Beijing to live? Because he's the only white blonde kid, American kid around. Well, no, it's but that's not confusing. true because I mean, it's it's a little down the way because once he actually gets into school, I notice that there are at least a half a dozen American okay. kids you see peppered throughout that school. So All right. they're they're it's like they're trying to allude to the fact that uh, this isn't completely crazy, everyone. Just so it's like a reassurance to the audience. The batshit crazy thing we did for this story isn't batshit crazy. So there. The time and also the timeline doesn't make sense because they arrive and then she says, you got to go to bed. You've got school tomorrow. Oh, no, she says, stay awake yeah. so you can go to school tomorrow. Uh, yeah, Which, I know. First of all, doesn't make sense. I'm like, who but, arrives um, to China the day before you have to start school? What? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> and this is where I think there's an element of propaganda here. Like, like China's like, I think they have control over the store. <laughs> China, that sounds like such a terrible conspiracy theorist. <laughs> China have control over the story of our movies. That's right. But in this context, in this very small you could, context. You might be right. <laughs> in this very small context, I think at some point they said, hey, we can't have it that uh, we have to make it look like even though we, even though Chinese company takes over your workplace and outsources your job, you go with the job. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not actually losing your job. Because this can't ever have happened. At least not to someone at like, like a mid-level Mid-level, right, exactly. Maybe a CEO or your know, corporate brass, but there's no way they're like, well, yeah, but, you know, Doris in accounting still gets to keep her job she just has to move to beijing <laughs> I don't just know. this small thing of moving to china i the thing the thing is like i've never heard of this happening yeah me in neither. the real world <laughs> all right uh you know we're, we're we're started why don't we take a fake break <laughs> yes yeah we're in a fake movie let's take a fake break all right we'll take a fake break for this fake movie and we'll be right back Come back with some more fake news. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Tom and I are here discussing your $10 episode, the 2010 The Karate Kid. 10 for 10. <laughs> Directed by one Zwart. <laughs> Harold Swart. Harold with an Harold with two A's. Yeah. You don't see that often. I don't know. Maybe you do in Norway. Maybe it's a Nor yeah, maybe it's a Norwegian yeah, thing. Begs the question, why did they hire someone Norwegian God to make an American it. film set in China? I want to talk about him because if there's one thing that really drove me nuts in a two hour and twenty minute movie, I might add. I didn't like seeing that come up when I brought that movie. That up almost on. seems designed to piss you off <laughs> exactly. specifically. Like what? You can't get this movie under fucking two hours. I feel like we've been here before, though. Like I feel like even in the short time we've been doing originals and reboots back to back, right? That yeah. That the, 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 we've got. Like, it keeps the, happening. A, a two-hour original that ends up being a two-hour twenty reboot. Yeah. 
Always. And you're just like, where, do, where Why? are they getting those 20? It's the same film. Where are they getting those 20 minutes <laughs> from? Can't you get more efficient? But this, what I want to say speaks directly to that because the one thing, the my, one of my biggest notes directorially for this movie is that it's indulgent. Mm, and, I think I know. I and think I undisciplined. know what you might be talking about. Because every time we have a scene that we recognize from the first movie, yeah, this movie takes it like literally longer. It takes them longer yeah, to do yeah. it. So, so well, you know, you know what some of that length is having to translate it to Jaden Smith. Maybe, but that's an extra step. But uh, you know, this, narratively, this, this, this. this uh, you know, fronts it like we have the scene. He's gonna go ask Mr. Han to fix the shower, and just like Miss, you know, Mr. Miyagi had to fix the sink, and he's not gonna do it until the next day. So he goes into the park. He sees his white friend. Uh, mm-hmm. We take way too long. Like you know, I I get that maybe they show him not playing basketball well, but for some you reason think it says that we have you to think indulge it says that in the screenplay. Yeah, we have to indulge in this ping pong. It takes way too long. Nonsense. So we mm. indulge in a ping pong scene, and then he's going to finally meet the girl and talk to the girl, and then the bully's going to appear. Now, mind you, in 1984, Johnny shows up. There's a tussle. Johnny mm-hmm. smacks him down to the ground once. Then Machio surprises him with a fifth punch to the face, and then he gets his ass whooped, and he's thrown to the ground again. This movie takes, like, Five or six times he's getting back up to fight more so that we can see him flipped over his back so that we can turn the camera mm. to do this. And it just takes for fucking ever. And it, he does it in every single scene that is a scene that we recognize from the 84 version. It's it's so frustrating. I really along the, don't like it. Along the same lines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are at least two instances in this movie of seriously pointless jump cutting. Mm-hmm. And one of them is at the end of the fight where we jump cut from... Um, uh, it, turn, it turns from... Him on the ground? Him on the ground to the apartment door peephole. Yeah. <laughs> which only in Harald Zwart's mind is a match. Right. It's like a visual match. <laughs> It's like, yeah, technically the shapes are the same, but that's not a reason to do a jump cut. <laughs> yeah, and of course, you know, like the for these scenes to first of all, doesn't it sort of it involves the yeah, you mentioned the ping pong combat, mm-hmm. which he has to lose, of course, because this movie's not gonna <laughs> the Chinese government is not gonna stand for seeing China lose at a ping pong game <laughs> in in a movie that they're sponsoring. It was probably a request um, to add it in. I guarantee it was, um, and then Jaden's body popping. Yeah, right. And it's like we're we're really early on in this movie. It already feels like we're crutching at straws in terms of what this actor is capable of doing. <laughs> it feels like we've got halfway through the scene, and the director's like, "Ah, why don't you do some of that body popping I've seen you do?" Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the other day in the tent with your dad and. <laughs> um, <laughs> There, there was, there was potential in this scene. Like I can um, see the I potential think it might in have, this scene. Sorry, but I, it also might have been. So your dad says he'd like to see some of your great body popping in the movie. So that's what we're gonna do. Yeah. Because your dad wants to see you do it. 
Oh, I don't, I don't know. I, it, it, it even pains me just to think about that relationship. I'm yeah. sorry. I know that's. I don't know them, and I don't. Yeah, don't exactly. Know and that's, you know, I don't I know anything the about them way. except the, except the on screen, everything that we suspect about their relationship comes to fruition. Exactly. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Um, I was gonna. So I, I, I kind of liked some of there was actually, to your earlier point, I think they're still, they're still doing some kind of race commentary here because. They they fake you out to think that he's going to be great at basketball, and he sucks at it. Oh. And that's counter. And that's ca- and because there's a moment where you're like, oh, he's a black kid, he's going to be great at basketball, and he sucks at it. I don't remember and, thinking which, that though. I, I remember, you know. Well, I know, but oh, but because he sucks at everything, <laughs> both as an actor and a character, it's just another example of, it's just another reason not to invest in Dre. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I liked the intention of that. And then the touching hair moment, which is a very real thing that yeah, black people that's true. encounter around the world. Where it's like, can I touch your hair? And I like both that, you know, that that, deta- that, that kind of race-specific detail of, of, you know, that cultural detail is built in. Mm-hmm. And that's where it being Will Smith and Jaden Smith and Jada Pinkett might actually be a good thing. Yeah, right. Um and then, but I also like the tone of it where he's like, hey, she's a cute girl. I'm just going to let her do it. Like, yeah, 12-year-old kid. Exactly. 12-year-old kid doesn't care that he's being racially profiled. Right. Is, is a cute girl. Not, by, him, not when it's know? by the girl he likes. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I like both. I remember, I, like th- both I, remember both. I have the same note, and I remember thinking yeah. the same thing as I was watching it. But again, this, and the, again the, this, the bullying aspect of this scene is one of the biggest problems that they haven't accounted for in changing the material because it's different when you're getting bullied in a foreign country by someone speaking a different language. Yeah. It changes the nature of the bullying. And yet the scene, as you say, proceeds along exactly the same lines on, on as, the the same lines as the one in 84. Right. And that you have to, it can't just be cosmetic differences. These are, these impact story and, and, characterization and character development the only time i thought they got that right was the next day when he's at school and and chang he uh he he knocks his school lunch down and mm-hmm. when the headmistress kind of comes over and he can explain what happened in his own language but dre right. can't that sense of isolation i thought came over pretty well yeah that was a better scene because yeah we under, I see what you, mean. You, know, you know what i mean like we we could we could hook yeah. into that a little bit more as the audience or at least i did but there's no but when it when it becomes an when it's an inconvenience when it doesn't help their storytelling yeah they just have to ignore the fact that he doesn't speak the same language as anyone, mm-hmm. as anyone else like it never plays into the story except in that moment you just described and it only plays in because it helps them, not because it doesn't hinder them. Wherever right. it hinders them, they just ignore it completely. Yeah. Another interesting difference, which I think matters more than they think, Myang is not Cheng's ex-girlfriend. Right. Their connections are only that they come from the same kind of family. That the same I class guess. Level. I couldn't even... 
like well, maybe maybe not even that. Yeah. At that first bullying moment, it almost seemed like because he said he's telling her that she should be practicing her violin. Right, exactly. So Almost he's just like he's her, her brother to... or something like that. Like it's weird in the I, moment. It, it it plays it plays like he's her brother, but he's not. Right. So what it must be by by default, the movie's not helping me out here. But by default, <laughs> it must be he wants her to uphold the the the, the values of you know uh, of families in his social status. Mm-hmm. That I think that was supposed to show that they are they are like they're the hills. They're the Beverly Hills, the Beverly Hills of Beijing, even though Dre lives at the Beverly Hills. Well, it also, yeah, it's, it, it seemed like he was, but it seemed like he was even drawing a more general line between us, the Chinese, and this yeah. thing, the that American. That's what it should have been. I'm not sure it is. I, I, got, I got a little sense of that, but... Okay. Again, okay, it's I, I'm I, I want to give this odd and weird and out of place because it's hard to figure out. So you're mm. you're kind of reading into it as much as you can because you have no choice but to try to do that. You know. Yeah. Um, I wondered whether there was an attempt to foster a cultural connection between America and China by uh, focusing in on the guard of the school, mm. like they were trying to say, hey. China and America not so different. Yeah, we have to have we, armed guards at our schools too. We gotta have armed too. guards at our places for very too. different reasons. Right, but we have to have them. <laughs> then we get into the scene where, um, which again is straight from the '84 movie, where uh, Han comes to repair the yeah. shower in this version. Shower, right? in this it's version. the shower. Yeah, the shower that doesn't uh, need repairing. It's just a cultural misunderstanding. And he's the just hit the button. And and Dre is practicing karate through. He's like using a YouTube video or something. He's mm-hmm. using you know. And in the original, it was like ma- a magazine or manual or something. Yeah. Um, so it's the same scene. I just think it plays differently again because of the casting. Yeah. Like Jackie Chan is a martial arts superstar. Pat Morita was not. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was a comedian playing yeah. the karate master. So I did just everything plays and feels differently. The reactions will be different. Mm-hmm. How we feel as an audience in reacting to Jackie Chan pretending he doesn't know karate or doesn't know kung fu mm-hmm. to this kid is just it's different. And the and again the scene, the way that the scene plays out makes no account for that. Plus, I'm not taking an environmental lecture from China. I'm sorry. Yeah, me- you're right. I- I'll be lectured yeah. on the on you know Western environmental lapses, you know, by virtually anyone, not China. But not China. Right? Thank you. <laughs> but uh, on, I think sorry. I mentioned in the last episode. You know, I I was talking about you. Kind of you walk into the Karate Kid. If you watch the preview, it's like you know that he's going to learn karate and it's going to be from Mr. Miyagi. But at the same time, it's, it's coded different because of Pat Morita. And so you can buy into that, uh, suspension of disbelief for as long as that movie makes you, exactly. you know, and in this movie, you can't do that. It's impossible because you're just waiting for the moment where Jackie Chan freaks out on someone. Exactly. And because you know, the original movie, you know exactly when it's coming. Right. Except in this movie, 
even that is fumbled because yeah. we just watched a terrible parkour demonstration from 12-year-olds over half the fucking city and somehow Jackie Chan just shows up. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, yeah but I know no I, I the know the core of it all is all 2010, but isn't that crazy? Isn't that just crazy? These time capsules. I know, it's it's so nuts. But Daniel in the original when he's running away, he's running to his home. He's he's yeah. he's like a, you know, right. 20 yards from his front door. And Mr. Mm-hmm. Miyagi lives on that side of the building. There's no reason for, you know, Mr. Hans Jackie Chan to be where he is. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Everything changes when you change it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't you understand, 2010 yeah. Karate Kid? <laughs> Everything changes when you change it. <laughs> you idiots. Yeah, and again, uh, Maying is a violin virtuoso. Mm-hmm. She's. It's kind of... Maybe this is an attempt to do some kind of cultural adjustment between the American and the Chinese youth. Right. Because it's sort of like, like the, it seems like, uh, like Mei Mei Ying has to be, uh, she has to do something to earn her parents' respect, where Ali just has to be. Yeah. He just has to be basic white chick. Yeah, right. And her parents are perfect. They're, they're like, <laughs> they expect no, no more. Yeah, exactly. No more You're perfect just her. as you are. Uh, but again, it changes the character. It means that yeah. she can't be the same character as Ali, and she essentially is. Mm-hmm. And I want to say something about... Uh, um, there's a scene that's the, the equivalent, because when the... Uh, I guess it's before the parkour, right? The uh, I don't know the equivalent scene when he's telling her that he doesn't want to be here and he's he wants to go home and all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Daniel has that scene out of frustration, out of just having been right. beaten up after, you know, and the same thing is happening to to Dre Parker. But the tone of the scene is completely different. And I can't you know, I can't help but think about because the timings are Will Smith's influence on all of this, because to me. It's one of my favorite scenes in Karate Kid when he says, oh, it's really fair that you asked me to, you know, to come here. And her her mom cops to that and they have this moment. And then you have, you know, all the beats are the same. But in this one, it's like his Oscar moment. And to me, it feels like a dad came up to the director because he's producing the film and said, you know, Jaden can cry on cue. So let's show his great acting ability. But that's all he can do. And then that's it. Yeah. He, he can't can, act around it. He can produce a tear, but he can't make yeah. me feel emotion. I, exactly. And so the whole thing falls flat. The whole thing the whole thing falls flat and it's also and again I'm not sure how much this is this is how our attitude to children has historically changed mm-hmm. or how much is this movie just kind of not getting the tone and the timing right but well, no, it is a big story difference because in the original movie, Daniel arrives, he gets invited to the party, he tells his mother about the party, she says, go off, go off to it, and right. then the first thing he says is, I was going to help you unpack, and she says, it's fine, go. Yeah. Dre won't even put his <laughs> yeah. coat on a hook. Yeah, exactly. So the bar is lowered here as to what we expect of children. Right. 
And so all of it plays differently. It's mm-hmm. like, fuck this kid who won't even pick up pick his Pick up jacket. his own shit. But with Daniel, you're like, I, f- I feel sorry for him because, you know, he's a guy who would who would rather not, not meet a new friend just so his just so he can help out. doesn't have to unpack the house. Yeah. I mean, this this kid literally won't put his jacket on a hook. <laughs> and and when asked to do that... so, he's always saying, in a minute, after this, hold on, yeah. fuck you, not right now. And so the, the sad <laughs> part of it is, I think the sad part of it is, it's probably more accurate as to what children are like in 2010. It might be. And what parenting is. I hope is. not. But I I also think it's you know it's it's the first real glimpse you get of Jaden Smith. You're like this exactly. probably came out this probably came out of an improv and that, that he did exactly. based on something he does at home all the time. I bet you go to the Smith household. There's jackets all over that fucking, fucking everywhere. Floor. You can't see. You can't even get in the door. Just a pile of jackets. But you see like what I mean from what face. I was saying earlier? Because this movie, yes. it all has to do I with do. his privilege, you know? He's being a little piece of shit. But that makes this the worst possible choice right. of a device. Because it makes you think of his privilege. Yeah. And they should have picked something that is... But I think it is a normal kid thing. But when you apply it to Jaden Smith, then you, you're you thinking, this is this is like a, you know, this is a kid who, like, you know, uh, doesn't even wash his clothes. He just throws them in the garbage. Or it's that stuff yeah, kind right. of... I don't know why I went straight to that, but... <laughs> Uh, anyway, it's fr- so it's frustrating. Yeah. Um, another Seinfeld guest star, Mayings music teacher is Ponytail from Seinfeld. All right. Yeah. Gets the guy who gets his ponytail cut off by Elaine. <laughs> so I don't know if that was deliberate to have two Seinfeld guest stars in both the original and the reboot, but that's what happened. Uh, and I guess that speaks to what you're saying about this school is somewhat westernized. Yeah. Right. If he's the music teacher. I tell you when I really believe Jaden Smith's acting. Mm. When he was pretending to be asleep. Because <laughs> his face is so lifeless when he acts. That this is the perfect vehicle. <laughs> for, for his technique. Oh that's great. Well and then. And, so we have the parkour scene. And. Yeah. This is another indulgent is, moment from the director. Because that fight goes on forever. And, you know, mostly it's just to give Jackie Chan a chance to show what he can do. Yeah. But that's for the actor, not for the character. Yeah. And so it's a it's a story mistake to do that. I mentioned also, it in the other the sun- episode, that whole fight's done in 15 seconds. Yeah. And, you and know, he's, it's, he's it's- battling smaller children. I know it's it's just child abuse, God. but aside aside from that, like it's it's also a I did because I did the one. Sorry to interrupt, but I the, no, that's fine. The one allowance I'll I'll allow for the film is there's a moment where where he looks like he because a lot of it is like shoving and trying to get the kids like out of his own way. Well, He's Jackie Chan. He doesn't want you like he could he could snap their necks. He, he could, could like but he twist. doesn't. And there is a moment where where you see He's trying the, not to. You see the moment where the character it like knows that he could hit him with a closed fist and makes the choice not to because they're yeah. young. So I'll give the movie at least that much credit. 
I'll, well, I'll also give the movie credit for casting Jackie Chan because right, he's yeah. doing what he does. This he's doing what he does best, right? Mm-hmm. It's you know, um, but the it's not shot in a way that's in any way conducive to to his action. Mm-hmm. This this is this is a Jackie Chan film directed by someone who has never seen a Jackie Chan film. I guarantee it. <laughs> he does not understand how it works. Right. You can't definitely doesn't understand how to put fights on film. No. Oh, but I'm before this. Something that. I just uh, thought is another key difference is when we first see we see uh, their version of Cobra Kai. Yeah. Yeah. Him and his mother go to the Kung Fu Academy and. um, Like it plays it's a different commentary, right? Well, mm-hmm. and then, well, there's no commentary. So in the original, we talked about it. It's Ray- Reagan's karate, right? Yeah. It's it's the Reagan version of karate. It doesn't have that connotation here. It doesn't, and I couldn't figure the, out in the Beijing Olympics we saw military formations like this yeah. as a point of national pride. Yeah. So it's not being satirized; it's being glorified, right? Because the Chinese, the Chinese are not going to let it look. They're not going to allow political protest. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. And that's the thing. Histor- historically, they haven't. That's and the weird thing about this movie is that <laughs> I imagine I first, for, you know, I imagine a, a Chinese approach to Kung Fu being embedded in the principles that Jackie Chan represents. So it's, you know, I guess it shouldn't be, but it's hard because, especially because it's a totalitarian regime. But it was hard. It's hard. It's a little bit hard for me to imagine a school on that size embedded in the culture of, you know, no mercy. Right. Which is against the principles of Kung Fu. Well, so, one, one but, kind and, you know, of there's just, assholes yeah. everywhere. So. I guess one asshole could pervert it, but unlike the you know, other story, we never get a sense of why this guy's doing this. I think we do. We get a glimpse of it, and it's mostly the actor who I think is really good. Yeah, um, good performance. Cheese is very good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think what they do is they play up the vanity, right? The idea that he is this he's the poster boy of Kung Fu. I think you get that at the end, at the match. And that's there in the original, of course. Sure. With the cutout, with the cardboard cutout, but mm-hmm. you're not getting the like. Well, also in this, in the China, modern day China of the moment, militarization isn't a bad thing. Right. This is seen as a negative. It's like it's part of the culture, right? So it's like right. military strength. So they're not gonna they're not gonna be doing commentary on the militarization of of martial arts because there's no contradiction there in the way that there is when we see it with crease in the original. Mm-hmm. So it all changes yeah. and yet nothing changes <laughs> anyway. And then on top of that, right around now is a note that I wrote. It was just a general note. This movie for the most part seems to be devoid of that melodrama we were talking about. So it's, it's going for just the strictly natural Mm. reactions and story points yeah and when you're when your source material is something else and we talked about it's a difficult line to tread but they did it in 1984 and it just you know 
So it feels like there's something missing from this movie, I think. Because that's missing. And it feels but like also a lot part of, the... of that's the language barrier and every fucking thing else because we moved to China. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> so pretty much many, everything wrong with this movie. So can be many fucking back to problems. Us. Yeah, M- move it, move it to China. But it's also that it's exactly what you're saying, and also the balance is out of whack because so many of the elements here are not copacetic in the way they are in the original movie. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, something that uh there's like again that desire to be culturally specific about the the kung fu or karate that you're showing so to be culturally specific and that you they show after the fight they show Jackie Chan giving Dre a fire massage and cupping him yeah but he's a 12 year old kid right who has not consented to have himself burnt like this mm-hmm. and so it's a horrible scene to watch for that very reason. <laughs> Yet, not you. none of this is in your mind when, you know, it's wax on, wax off or anything like that. I mean, that makes it look... Rel- that kind of exploitative yeah. child labor look relatively harmless yeah. compared to torturing him as what happens in this scene. And they just haven't thought it through. Like, it's not a good look to be doing this to a 12-year-old kid. <laughs> I wouldn't even recommend being done to Daniel in the original, but it wouldn't have been as weird right. and as off-putting. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I mean, I guess we've skirted around saying this, but whole scenes of dialogue reenacted. Yeah, right. Like, it's not just the scenes that are the same, it's the dialogue. The dialogue, yeah, you're right. And that's where it really hits home that you need to, you need to change everything if you're gonna... Yeah, right. ...make this leap. If you're gonna make this wholesale big-ass change... Yeah. Like, you can't pull dialogue directly. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, in in the scene where they go back to Cobra Kai in the original, Daniel knows what the grown-ups are saying. Here mm-hmm. he doesn't. Right. That's a different scene. That's a totally different scene. <laughs> right. Yes. You know, it goes back to the psycho problem of, of like, is this a shot-for-shot remake? Is this a reinterpretation? Because mm-hmm. uh, it's neither. You know? What... <laughs> you know like... uh, yeah. The choices you made means it's neither. But you've, but like 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 the Psycho remake, you've you've confined, restricted yourself to a way of doing the movie that is counterproductive to the making the movie you want to make. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is true is kind of true here. I, I I mean another another thing I'll say in not defense of the movie, but uh, you know something that you got a I, positive I though. A po- like a positive change adjustment that I, I thought worked really well was that having the mother more involved Taraji mm. P. Hansen kind of like more a part of the story. I thought that was an appropriate change to make. And there was one or two scenes where it didn't look like a reshoot. So yeah. that's great. I, I, I agree with you on that. And yet you have Taraji P. Hansen in your movie and it feels like you're wasting her time despite the fact that you have her more involved than The Last Mother from 84. Yeah. You know what and I mean? And it just reflects modern parenting, right? It, it would be yeah. harder to swallow, especially as they're in a foreign country and it's the only family he has, right. that she would be absent from the events in the yeah. way that, um, the way that Daniel's mother is. Um, and yet there's, you know, she's present more, 
but visually she's not doing more. Yeah, and really. sometimes clearly they reshot it just to because they probably forgot that she hadn't been in a scene for a while. Exactly. <laughs> um, and we I'm have well, like one of those new scenes is is right about now because they go to that mm. festival, the three of them. <laughs> of course they do. Right. So, of course they're going to like a cultural festival. They're going to a what cultural else do you do? festival. What else do you do in a propaganda film? In a pro- show off. They're, they're going to go to this cultural festival, but of course it's going to end with two 12-year-olds kissing. Yeah. And I feel as uncomfortable as Taraja P. Henson and Jackie Chan do. Oh, definitely. And, and it's also so interesting thinking about the equivalent of this in the original, which is the golf and stuff date. Yeah, right. Which is here replaced by a cultural festival. And again, that's a difference that needs to be accounted for. Like, I don't think the original Craddy Kids, unless I'm very much mistaken, is saying that golf and stuff is the best of American culture. (laughs) I mean, I think it is, but I don't think that's what it's doing. But here, you know, because of the because of the background of the film, you know that it's China wants to show off the very best of its culture. Yeah, right. And so we've replaced golf and stuff with a cultural festival. And but that's a different story when you you know the Karate Kid is not limited by anything. It, it can just show you what's in the place that, that they live. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is this has to be restricted to what is an approved mm-hmm. uh, image of China internationally, and that just changes every and changes <laughs> it to change from golf golf and stuff to. And it's good later on that they go to like this arcade and then they have the dance machines because if they didn't have that, yeah, right, you'd be like, you'd be like, well, you know, it's I'm sure China has places where children can hang out as well, right? And, and yeah, exactly. Not just cultural festivals. <laughs> um, and I did like that turn may- for for her character where she's walking up onto that mach- the dancing machine and looks so shy and then just busts some Lady Gaga. <sighs> The the only problem at the end of that scene, uh, Jaden Smith lets out a noise, which is yeah, in context is a twelve year old's first orgasm, <laughs> uh, and it's as unpleasant as it as, as that description made it sound. <laughs> um, <laughs> it made me feel really old that the way that Dre tries to relate to um, Mayings like more traditional culture. Mm-hmm. She made him a CD. He made her a I CD. I know, yeah. I was like, oh, I used to do shit like that. <laughs> and I didn't, and at the time it wasn't like, at the time it was Nautro, it wasn't retro. Right. But he's doing it because it's retro. Mm-hmm. Um. And the cultural festival, did it remind you at all of Karate Kid Part Two? Is this their is this the, the reboot remaking the sequels at the same time kind of syndrome that we've seen before? I mean I I didn't make a direct connection, no. Okay. What do we have after what have you got next? Because um, I've got I've got a lot of the a lot of the well, same notes that it's that it's this this change matters yeah. basically all my notes are this change matters, why are they in China? <laughs> dispersed throughout all of this is is him uh, putting his coat on the peg, taking it down, t- putting right. it on, taking it off. And then right after that festival scene, we have the equivalent scene of 
the teacher shows the student what he has been learning right at the moment when he decides this is bullshit. I'm going to walk away from this. And the timing of that feels really off mm. because because so much so much is different and it's happened in a different order that by the time you get right. to that, it feels like the wrong time for him to make that outburst. It feels like it um, went on way for way too long, for sure, that that kid would have quit so much sooner. But are you at all surprised that jacket off, jacket on, jacket off didn't take off in the same way as wax off did? I am wax not. Off, I am not surprised. Yeah. I really are. I really not as well. I'm I'm surprised that they're able to find a more limited range of movements mm-hmm. than the one the ones Miyagi taught. Right. Like this would this you know it's a stretch in the original that all these maneuvers constitute karate, mm-hmm. but these four movements <laughs> teaching you the whole of karate. I I'm sorry, I'm out, I'm out. I don't, I'm not buying into that. But Tom, they have Jackie Chan show exactly where to stop, and he reminds him to be strong with his arms when he does it. So clearly, yeah. it works. All right, why don't we take one more break? Okay. All right. <laughs> you have something ready? No, it's it. I'm just I'm laugh. I'm continually laughing at, at, at myself and and you because <laughs> we we're more animated about a film we clearly dislike than one we <laughs> no, clearly love. <laughs> Which says a but, lot about. But all our, our notes are the same. Your notes are are all this. This matters. If you change it, why did you go to China? And all mine are like, why did the director do this? He took too long. He's an asshole. All right. Well, we'll explain more of that when we get back right after this. Yeah. We're back. Just as quick as can be. All right, Tom. We're here finishing up the Karate Kid from 2010. As we left, you were laughing because we're so much more animated about a movie we clearly don't like as much. I I didn't realize I felt so strongly about the problems of this movie. I I mean, I suspected we were going to feel closely the same. I remember watching this movie in the theater and thinking this is not a good movie, but I think, you know, they, they, they clearly were going to to do a big, huge inversion and then try to follow the general story. And the mm. audience is seeming to lap it up, but I was not. But this, mm. I liked it even less this time around. Yeah. I'm very, I think it's partly because I'm very attached to the franchise. Yeah. And I feel like there's certain areas that definitely have potential and uh, so I get angry with the movie because sometimes I feel like it's, a, you know, with with a different approach, it could be a movie that I would actually want to watch, but it, it, right. it markedly isn't, and that's very frustrating. Yeah. Well, now we're gonna we're gonna do one of our uh, another uh, couple, I think, of huge propaganda moments because we're gonna go to the temple. And go to the Great Wall, right? Yeah. So, so, and this is underlined by the 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 train journey that they take. Right. Yeah. So they go a long way on the train 
see one or two things and then come right back. Sure. And that's why I think the the impetus is propaganda, not storytelling. Right. Yeah, exactly. I made me think of the next Karate Kid when they're in the monastery. Yeah. I thought the same thing. I thought... <laughs> Although a lot of this made me think of the next Karate Kid. And, well, and then because the, the one thing, you know, because that Cobra comes up, that CGI Cobra. Oh, yeah. You love your CGI snakes, don't you? <laughs> and I remember. Like, I didn't remember that from the first time I saw it. I, I, I just when I was watching it this time, I remember thinking, does this come back up? Because if it does, it's going to be stupid. And of course it did, and it made me laugh out loud. It was so stupid in the moment. I mean, we'll get yeah. there at the end of the movie, but man, that made me howl with laughter. And there's this again. There's there's little hints here that the movie could go in its own direction and do something different. Like he starts talking about the concept of chi or chai. Is it chi chai? Chi, I thought, but I don't know. Chi, yeah, yeah, it is chi. Chai is a that's a tea a drink. <laughs> As we both know from uh, from the recent Spider-Man movie, there you go. It's it's just chai, not chai tea, because <laughs> um, that's like saying TT. <laughs> so I like that he was, you know, that there was something he was going through the fundamentals of of kung fu and and Chinese mm-hmm. philosophy, and then they go ahead and make the Star Wars comparison, and it's the same problem as the beginning. Where it's like, right. in the original, we understand that this is to some extent based on Yoda in The Empire Strikes Back. But sure. we're not saying anything about it. Yeah, right. But here it's, it's like, not... oh, you're like Yoda. Yeah, and I'm, it's I'm quoted Luke's, directly. I'm like, oh, yeah. Shut up, everyone, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> and this, and of course, this scene also underlines that, like, you know... Unlike Miyagi, Han is close to where he grew up, so he can reconnect with his home anytime he wants. Yeah, right. He's not. So it's a that's a different. That's a very different character. <laughs> um, from the one that. Uh, the I one also that noticed saw. that because you know we we go to the temple and he drinks the water and there's this and there's that and it's, mm. you know we've got some platitudes we've got being still and doing nothing are two different things. But he's going to fall asleep. Jaden doesn't have a problem with, with just staying still yeah. and doing nothing. It's not doesn't need to be coached on that. that. That's his thing. Yeah. Uh, but on the way back, he's falling asleep on his shoulder mm-hmm. and then moves to his lap. And it felt manipulative because my note was I'm not buying this friendship in this moment. Mm. Like the movie has not shown me enough connection between these two. Or it's very imbalanced, right? Yeah, because, that's maybe that's what it is. One of them is is doing the the heavy lift, the heavy lift acting, heavy lift. Right. You know, one of them is just kind of waiting for the next uh, yeah. cut so he can go up and do some body popping yeah. in his <laughs> in a tent with his dad. The next, the one person's waiting to say their next line. Yeah. Um, there's just no getting around that, is there? No. Yeah. No, I mean it, it's and it's again it's it's frustrating because we we you know it's great that Ralph Macchio is as good as he is playing Daniel. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, you could get away with a less good actor doing that role. Yeah, I agree. 
as long as the chemistry between them are good, yeah, the yeah. master and the student is good. But they've lowered the bar from that. <laughs> and that's where we get into that's where we get into trouble. And there's, you know, there we're also at a part where there's a huge contrivance within the story cuz they they go on a date. Yeah. And all yeah, the skip, all of a sudden skip they skip school date, yeah. and well she skips her practice to go on a date. Right? Has he just given up school at this point? I mean, it, but it's also wrapped it's up in... It, clearly not learning anything. It's also wrapped up in Mr. Han wisdom. So he tells him, you mm-hmm. can't work every day. You have yeah. to take a day off. And that's what he tells her. So they go on this date. And of course, she gets a phone call saying, my audition was changed from tomorrow to today. So now you're a bad person, according to my parents, because you know I might not make this audition and they have to rush back and do this and do that. What possible reason could there be to change an audition date for an entire like school kind of function or whatever uh, it is from I don't know as, the as, day as after who, to this as day? A, as a parent who deals with, uh, you know, sports teams and the like for their child, it's not an uncommon occurrence to just drastically change the schedule out of nowhere all right i'll give it a break then but sounds like bullshit i don't know how they do things in beijing though <laughs> <laughs> um and i like the idea that there was a knock-on effect to kind of pay it forward for the wisdom that han had given mm-hmm. ray that he could pass on a meeting and essentially help her pass her audition because it's the implication is that if she didn't relax right before the performance she would never have been able to play that she role. wouldn't have played as well yeah, but for the character, um, it's you're a distraction. You're a bad friend, and I can't see you anymore. And she has to break up with him. Yeah, pressure from parents. Well, at least it was you know again like um, Ali's parents are total hypocrites. At least they come out and say it's like yeah, you got to tell that kid to fuck off. To, uh, to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like I like this Chinese model of parenting. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> no hypocrisy there. Well, and then we get to the ugly scene, because Mr. Han is beating up his car. Oh, where Jackie Chan reboots Drunken Master. Yeah. <laughs> I've never, I've never really. I mean, we already kind of talked about it, but I've never encountered a scene so much that is like a scene that's clearly not working, but one actor is doing such great work within it. <laughs> I think I think you you said a mouthful there. Fuck, that is man. exactly what's going on here. Because even by also, the time they get to the stick things, where he's like yeah. gotta like hold the sticks in one hand so he could wipe his eyes because he's been well, because so it, it, brutally it, it, honest. You can't, get away, you, know? you can't get away from Jaden's lifeless face. <laughs> That's the problem. Even when um, he's when he when he puts the the sticks like he kind of hooks the ropes of the sticks onto his fingers, and the yeah. camera sort of pans out to Jaden's lifeless face trying to you know try, try, trying to emote you're my friend and come out here with me yeah I love you and he can't do that on his face oh for fuck's sake absolutely. And I think it's going for the easier option to make Han a dangerous drunk. Mm-hmm. Because there's no sense of that in the original, and I think that's the right choice. You don't want to lose faith in the character just because you're seeing him at his at his worst. Right. 
Whereas here, I mean, added to the information that he killed his family, uh, it, it sort of makes him it it sort of makes him seem like more of a lost cause than than Miyagi. It was. does, yeah. Plus, he's actively smashing a car, so it feels dangerous. Right, and 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 we don't know at this point what that car represents. Well, you could guess. Well, no, and... I didn't guess that he killed his family. No, no, not that he killed his family, but that it was the car. Yeah. Well, it rep- so the car represents trauma, which is interesting. It's another inversion, because in the original, cars are good things. They're like happy, yeah, right. classic, <laughs> happy true. days vehicles, right? <laughs> uh, but, it, but in here, it's like, oh, car bad, bad car. Let's go on train instead. Mm-hmm. So it's just, an, it's like he still, the character still has a car, but in a different context. Yeah, and Chan plays this, uh, Jackie Chan plays this scene beautifully. It, yeah, like, it really spoke to me as the parent of a young child. Like, I, 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 it made me very sad to to think of a parent losing their child and having to live with the guilt, mm-hmm. even though, you know, he, he's responsible for the deaths, which is a, <laughs> a weird choice. Uh, didn't, like, that does, and again, that's a choice that doesn't matter. Yeah, right. Like, why put, why put that in there? It's the same level of guilt, whether you were, whether you, whether you were there or not, except you're more culpable, so that makes the audience like you less. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I know. But the scene itself has some has some problems. Sure, I mean, right, yeah. Like he's I know he's only twelve, but when he sees the the um the photo of two people in the smashed car mm-hmm. Can he not put two and two together about what happens? He's still like, tell well, what happened. Yeah, like, oh, so he's got to he's got to get in the car and declare that he's stupid too. I know. <laughs> but uh, but, but I, the, you know what it is what too, like Tom is, is that it's, fe- it's an yeah. insult to us because the audience should know as well, and yet they're saying that we have to have it explained to us. Yeah. There's there's a line like that earlier on in one of the training scenes where um, Jackie Chan says, "Do you remember what we learned?" And I think, why would you say that to someone who was there when you learnt it? <laughs> but I, what I really dislike about this scene is how it becomes the training set piece. Yeah, right. Because those two things were kept separate in the original movie. Right. It's more, and and that's a better. Well, it, and know, in the just, original movie, leaves. Daniel has a moment by himself. He's going out right, to the beach he... for his crane kick and on top or at the bow of the boat doing his defense with balance. Uh, Daniel Daniel allows Miyagi to the time. grieve. Right. Time and space to grieve. What, what this selfish piece here, of shit kid says, drags him out by the ropes it's, on the end of the sticks and saying, says, fuck you grieving. Right. We've got a tournament. Yeah. And that's exactly what Daniel didn't do, because <laughs> at least as written, Decent he's a better, far better person. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is one of the clearly reshot moments where at the end you have to see the mother eavesdropping in. Mm-hmm. You know, something they did on the last day. It's like, Taraji, can you just look through that door? <laughs> Thank Got you. Got it. <laughs> Perfect. That's a wrap, everyone. One take. <laughs> And then they go to the Great Wall of China, yeah. which, you know, I wasn't expecting them to resist the low-hanging tourist hardware fruits, and they didn't. And they didn't. They, they... I was trying to think of and what... And it seems the for original... the characters, like, a long way to go just to practice. 
Like, I, I I thought it could have done that in the back courtyard. It, it is in Beijing. Like it is. It's 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 accessible to them, but yeah, it's just but, so iconic. Right. That's the problem. It's it's as if you know the equivalent in the original would be Daniel and Miyagi training while teetering on the H and the O of the Hollywood sign. <laughs> or I guess I guess given that it's set in the valley, they'd be like fighting through a porn set or something like that. <laughs> I don't know what the equivalent would be, but. It's that, you know, it's that. No, but I think it is relevant. You know, I think it is the same because, yeah, you live in the valley, but you travel to. So you're close. It's it's by the city. But you see Daniel on top of the Hollywood sign doing his wax on and wax off. And that's nonsense. Of course, you don't make that choice. But this movie makes that choice. Well, because in the original, it's it's California is the landscape, right? It's Mm -hmm. the milieu. It's where you are in this. It's. You know, it's like how many cultural landmarks can we have? Yeah, in one in one scene, and it's also it go it goes against the grain of of like the John G. Avildsen Karate Kid style. This feels like Rocky Four. Yeah, which, as we know, there's a place for in right. the world, but it's everything Avildsen didn't want but you... Karate Kid to be. <laughs> And that's what we're doing. You got to have Stallone at the helm for that to work. Right. Um, And I love I love seeing Jackie Chan finally smile. I think like I have no beef with his performance in this movie. I I know. Yeah, I think he's exactly the right choice. And I think he does. I wish he had a better movie to be in. Uh, Yeah. And a bet and a more and a clearer character to play. Mm hmm. Because he's making the difference between uh, this character not reading and reading. It's not the the script is not doing it. Yeah, you're right. It's not. Or the, or the he's he's doing the heavy lifting for what the script didn't put in. Yeah. yeah. This is the second pointless jump cut I've got here, where mm. it goes from from a, from uh, Dre kicking to the statue uh, of of the trophy. Of a kid kicking on the trophy, and again, it's just like it's just the same shape. Yeah, and he's decided to match it, so it's poor direction. <laughs> you know what the worst thing about the tournament scene is mm. for me? I'm sure you have your own examples. I do. Why do we have to keep looking up at that fucking screen? Oh, then we have the same one. <laughs> oh, okay, yay! we have a winner. <laughs> I think that's where you add 20 minutes to the movie. I constantly, to look up kept, at the screen. I constantly kept writing down, why are we looking up at the screen to see what we just saw? And I don't know whether it's, I don't know whether it's just like Jaden Smith looks gormless or not. Yeah. But, or he's playing it this way, but it genuinely looks like he, he's involved in the game. He's involved in the match. Right. He comes out of the match. He forgets what happens and he looks up to find out the result. <laughs> It also gave me major Star Trek vibes because we're seeing it from the exact view of what we just saw. Yeah. The camera angles. It's it's not you're not doing the Rocky Balboa thing where you're seeing the HBO yeah, effect. That's right, yeah. You know? You've got that that uh You're seeing the that shot incre- that the director made. <laughs> that incredibly sophisticated Klingon security footage. Exactly. <laughs> 
So, and yeah, it's, I mean, they keep the inher- the inherent arc of the sports movie. It's still a rags to riches story. Mm-hmm. You know, the narrative plausibility. You'd think if they were going to make any change, they'd find a way for there to be more of a build up to Daniel, to for Dre to get to this point. Yeah. But they, they do exactly the same. They do exactly the again. same thing. They keep the same beats. You know, I realize mm-hmm. that the, they get the one, uh, you know, non, well, there's lots of, Cobra Kai's, or I forget what they're called in this movie, but uh, or the, the dragon uh, something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anything I say now will be racist, <laughs> will so be. I'm not going to say. I set that up for you, didn't I? You did, yeah. I'm just going to call them the Cobra Kai surrogates. Okay, fine. For the sake of our lawyers. <laughs> I think you almost said the black dragons. I, it would I have been almost terrible said on some, two fronts. Basi- basically, whatever whatever it would have been would have been the name of a Chinese restaurant close to me, and hence racist. <laughs> they are the new they are the new Mandarin cuisines. They keep so yeah they keep they they keep the same beats, even with like you know the lesser tier kid on that team, who says I can beat this guy, and he's like no take him out. And you so realize you, don't, you don't you don't even know who that kid is. You've like we haven't had a single moment with him in the entire you know, fucking movie. And you know what? I don't think Cobra Kai in the original movie get much more screen time than these. Exactly. Kids. I don't think it's about screen. screen no, time. it's it it's about, about what you do what you it. do with it. It's the value that you put into it. Yeah. There's so much more. By the time we get to this point, those characters are so much more fleshed out. And the movie is not working overtime for that to for happen. The, for it to happen, exactly. So I don't know why they feel so anonymous here. Mm-hmm. We've heard them say the same lines and yeah. reenact the but same But it just moments. made, it just, you know, it's a huge reminder to me about how poorly the characters are drawn in this film. And then yeah. we, we get to the point where, uh, I almost said Daniel, the point where Dre gets hurt. I don't. It didn't feel like this in '84, but in this movie, it, you know, aside from his his other Oscar moment, this feels like the most important scene for the character, where we have to have his best acting, and it's the moment with his worst acting, when he's saying yeah. "Do the fire thing and and get me back out there, and I won't have balance this way or that way." They have again. They're pulling exact dialogue for completely different situations. Oscar moment also means something very different in the Smith family. <laughs> and in that sense, Jaden lived up to the family name. Well played, it's sir. Some, it, it's, it's, it's also, the scene is also guilty of that kind of overly kinetic camera work that bad directors... I really they, they didn't like put, it. I thought the that was going to be my biggest complaint, but the scoreboard screens. the scoreboard beat the me out. <laughs> it's baffling why we keep going back to those it's so screens. So strange. But just generally, but again, yeah. he doesn't know how to direct these fight scenes. He just doesn't he does he's not equipped to do it. It's but it's also a kind of false confidence that the mm-hmm. more shaky you make the cam work, the more visceral it's going to seem. Right. And what Karate Kid, the original. Yeah, eighty four proves that, that directly proves that that's not yeah. true. Do the total opposite. You can have. Yeah. You know. Keep the cameras still. Let the action go. Yeah. 
and you'll see, you know, and and choreograph what's in frame. That's how you do it. Yeah. Or let the let the kid, let that great karate kid, the actual good karate kid, <laughs> choreograph the yeah, so right. him back. Um. Well, but there was it, he had a surrogate. He had a surrogate in this movie, the Mohawk, the Fohawk guy. Okay. I kept thinking, I think he's the best karate kid in this movie. I gotta say, some of these, uh, some of these kids, uh, the some of the um, the not Cobra Kai kids, are fucking great. Yeah. Martial artists. I was impressed. Like they looked way more, uh, you know, that kind of. <laughs> again, again, it's like a, a, like a discipline shaped by totalitarianism. Which right. Is right. From, exactly. From what we're capable of doing. Well, here and in I I brought it up. A little while ago when we were talking about the the monastery and the, the Cobra movements. But fuck, yeah. man, when he started, when his crane moment was that. Yeah. And the other kids started to mirror him for no reason whatsoever, I might add. I laughed out loud. I thought it was so ridiculous. And it, it, I, it's funny how, how I didn't think do, that how, ridiculous like... moment could be topped. And then they topped it with the final kick. But. Sure. Well, even before that, like they're amping up the implausibilities because, you know, in the, in, in the original, Daniel had 15 minutes to return. I know, two. Here he has two minutes. <laughs> and, and also brought out laughter. And, you, well, what's even funnier is they say two minutes, he has to return within two minutes. Then they go into the changing room and have a conversation that lasts at least two minutes. They're right. still talking after two minutes has passed. Yes. So in their at- the, their attempt to amp up the stakes really backfired. Because <laughs> all they got was the timing As far wrong. as anybody can tell, Dre is out of the competition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's all completely... and But that's such, such a, like an, that's such an obvious change that is so obviously wrong. Yeah. It's again. It's the easy option. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, fifteen minutes is too long. Let's make it close, tighter than that. So it's two minutes. Well, and really build the tension then. Of, yeah, really build the tension. Not thinking of the ramifications, is you can't do anything in can't two do minutes. A scene in two minutes. You can't have the impassioned speech followed by the fix mm-hmm. in that amount of time. And all these kung fu zooms that they do, like oh, so patronizing and mm-hmm. and just played out, like it's already been parodied in Kill Bill Part Two five years ago. Right. You can't be doing it with a straight face anymore. Agreed. More Rocky Four with the with the with again, you know, with the the Beijing crowd cheering for an American yeah. competitor. Right. When he gets Absolutely up. Absolutely would not happen. Um. Yeah. And, it, and, and then, know, and then he, the... he commits this act of uh, kicking violence that defies, you know, physics as we know it. Yeah, absolutely. So Maybe terrible. that's why he looked up. Maybe that's why he had to look up the screen because he didn't believe he defied physics. Right. <laughs> I, I challenge anybody the... to do a flip <laughs> standing on their left leg. And you can only push off is... on your left leg. It also isn't as enjoyable to watch because you don't have yeah. the safety cushion with Ralph Macchio that you have with Jaden Smith. Every time he goes out into the onto the mat, it looks like he's going to get his head kicked in. Right. And you're you're to- you're fearful for him the entire time. You can't relax in the scene. Right. 
And you never really felt that with Ralph Macho. You'd be like, he's going to be okay. He might not win, but he's going to be okay. He's a 22-year-old fighting <laughs> other 15-year-olds. He's going to be fine. But here's like, that American kid's going to get his head kicked in. Right. And yeah, and then we end on the the same triumphant moment. So I wonder Except if Except we if don't. It's, like, it's, it's not, it doesn't read as triumphant as all, at all. No. And nothing that happens from the moment he wins to the freeze frame mm. builds towards that. You know what I mean? No. You have right. all the same beats. That This mm-hmm. idea, <laughs> like, instead of having Mr. Miyagi's triumphant, proud face as the last thing we see, to have a fist bump, explosion kind of thing mm. happen... That sounds like a Will Smith note as well. Yeah, I mean, it just feels. I don't. I don't think so. It feels like a Jaden Smith note. Oh dear God! You know, that's what it felt like really, to me. You really think he has the He has the, the agency to give notes. I think, I think he could say, "I have an idea," and then somebody would say, mm, "Let's not do it." And he goes, "Well, let's call my dad." Fine, we'll just do it. Yeah, that depressingly is probably how it goes. I really thought for a second that they were gonna, um, <laughs> they, that they were going to, um, uh, course correct from the original movie, and that it was gonna end with uh, Cheese and Han fighting in the parking lot. I thought the same thing. I I was like, I don't remember this happening at the end of this movie, but I don't remember a lot of this movie. And I, I thought, this could have the after-parking lot scene. They might as scene. well have done, right? They should have, yeah. I mean, it... Well, they didn't get a sequel, so I wonder if they would have begun the sequel that way. I guess they would have done. You know what's funny is... Um, and then go to... Where, where would they go after that, given that they're in China? There's one other would movie... They still that, go to Japan? <laughs> there's one other movie that they did together called After Earth, Will Smith and his son. Yeah, right. And that's 2013. So it's three years after this. But after that, it's like Jaden Smith is not... Clearly, he doesn't want to be an actor. He's doing a singing. He's got albums and shit, I believe. Well, he, he, well, he's, he, raps, he raps in this movie. My, one of Didn't my, stop him doing one of my last career. One of my last notes is, this last bad song I suspect is a Jaden. I had exactly the same thing. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait until the credit comes up. Yeah. But I guarantee you that is Jaden singing then, on there. And then once I saw the credit, I, I wrote with Bieber exclamation point. The only person in the world who could make him seem less obnoxious. Right. Justin Bieber. He played that. He played that one beautifully. That's amazing. He found an even more spoiled, even more obnoxious kid. <laughs> To take the heat off him. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So, you know, no, uh, it's a no-brainer that my first credit check is (laughs) the -the behind-the-scenes production stills. Oh, God. There are times when you don't need reminding that your parents are the producers of the film. Yeah. The film itself has established that, Jaden. It's already, it's already, <laughs> without ever having seen a single picture, we know it's why we have the picture. We know that. Party strings, party strings. <laughs> um, 
the credits are half in Cantonese and half in English. Yeah. So they they want the audience to think of this as a, a genuine international co-production, even though it's directed by a Norwegian, <laughs> funded by Americans. <laughs> Just looking for more what... approval from China. Exactly. This is what and this is what makes me think that Harold's Harald's Vart has never seen a Jackie Chan movie. Where's the blooper reel? Right. How yeah. can you have a Jackie Chan movie without a blooper reel? I think he thought that was a bridge too far and that's why they put the pictures. I think he has no he does he's never seen a Jackie Chan movie and he doesn't know <laughs> that it's the only way to end a Jackie Chan movie because <laughs> There are a ton of outtakes in which he hurts his hand and you see him go <laughs> yeah. like that in genuine pain. And it's the best thing that ever happened to credits. <laughs> oh, shit. Apparently, the nepotism of this film knows no bounds because there's a couple of Zvarts in the cla playing the uh, in the classical music orchestra that we see. Oh, really? <laughs> it's just like... Like how, how many fucking ne how many nepo babies are in this movie? <laughs> they could re they could re they could rename this the Karate Nepo Baby. No, they could at least say it was a Nepo Baby production. Absolutely. <laughs> did I don't think we had that term back then though, did we? No. To play with sadly. Yeah. So you know, Jaden's rapping on his own film. Ugh. His parents are all over the credits. They didn't even give him a fair chance to look like he earned his spot, right? right? There's a way you can manufacture it to look like he deserves to be there. This is not it. <laughs> if one still photo was at least from his audition. It's basically like there's, you know, as if one of those production skills was him, like, shitting on an extra's head. <laughs> and the extra just having to take it. Yeah. <laughs> A line of my, people my lined up to like tie his shoes and serve him juice, and it's called getting Jaden. Yeah. My final credit check note is special thanks to, <laughs> kid you not, <laughs> the management committee of Tiananmen Square. Oh wow! Now this has got to be a euphemism for some sort of secret police organization. <laughs> <laughs> The first rule of the management committee of Tiananmen Square is you do not talk about the management committee of Tiananmen Square. You know who the management committee for Tiananmen Square is? That tank. <laughs> the tank <laughs> from the photo. <laughs> That's who the management committee. The, pro the problem is, is like if you can, if you know, you're saying, oh, uh, uh, Tiananmen Square. That's interesting. It's interesting. You'd want to mention that. Why? Well, because. Why? Because nothing happened there? Nothing ever happened yeah, there? Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> you heard what I said. Nothing <laughs> ever <laughs> happened <laughs> there. Oh. That was the, um, actually, the the Monday morning headline of the newspapers in, the national newspapers in China after Tiananmen Square was... Nothing, nothing happened here? In Tiananmen, nothing happens in Tiananmen Square. No, I'm joking. It wasn't. Oh, possible. thank God. They don't have newspapers over there. What are you talking about? <laughs> you had um, me going. <laughs> I'm sure something similarly uh, transparent has happened. That's it. That's Nothing? the end of the... All right. The... 
<laughs> nothing. <laughs> well, <laughs> nothing, nothing more. Let's crawl out on the limb. Is this a good movie? <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm never going to have a career in China after this, but uh, no, it is not a good movie. Tom, you're not going to have a career anywhere. Not with J.J. Abrams, not with Judy Dench. There's nobody. There's nobody left on the list that can help you anymore. Insulted. There's no. There's, there's, there's a public record. There's a, there's a public record of me dissing all these people. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a bad but, movie. It is a it is a bad movie with some bright spots yeah. that are few and far between, and most of them to do with Jackie Chan. Most of everything to do with Jackie Chan. What about is and... this is this better or worse than the next Karate Kid? Yeah, I think that's the only question worth considering. Because not even I would put this above uh, Karate Kid Three, and I really did not like that movie, but. The next Karate Kid is an interesting philosophical debate. It is. It really is. I'm trying to weigh it up in my head as to what kind of a bad movie is mm-hmm. preferable. I think I might put next Karate Kid at the very bottom. I think I would put this above. That's tough. I think I, I think fun. As far as I remember, nothing works about the next Karate Kid. You're right about that, but and this has a few a few choice moments. Yeah, that I that I think show potential. And Next Karate Kid was a lame duck. But it's Such. interesting. I mean, you know, it's I I was going to make an argument that says <laughs> that said like can you respect a movie that clearly wasn't trying to be good? a little bit more but what movie what movie there's not a lot of movies just overtly trying to suck I, and I, i've heard you say this before and i i hard disagree i think there are movies that that set out just to toe a line including the next karate kid yeah i think they, they revel in their own mediocrity absolutely hmm because based on that i would take the next karate kid over this because this movie no you know, this movie is trying to to garner an Oscar nomination like the first one did, I think. I think it thinks it's that good. Kind of worthiness about it. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Because based on the pursuit of happiness, everybody thought that this Jaden Smith kid was fantastic in that movie. And he was a much younger kid in the movie, but they really liked his performance. And there was talk like, maybe this guy should, you know, maybe we should give a nomination to that kid. I don't think that came to pass, but I think that this movie was, you know, maybe in Will Smith's mind designed for that. And on that level, it offends me even more. Yeah. But it's really close. It's, I think in spirit, I agree with you because there's at least one really, really great performance, one good performance in this movie from Jackie Chan that stands above. I like, I like how you, I you already managed that. You were like, one well, really great, one well, really good, a passable <laughs> performance. I thought great was maybe a, a step too far. No, I think it, 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 it is a great you. performance, I, but it's, it is a great it steps performance. beyond what he's given. Yeah. 
from the script, from the director, certainly from his co-star. And in, also in that like, way, you know, it's all the more impressive. Yeah. And he also nails what he what he's supposed to do, even though mm-hmm. what he's supposed to do is fundamentally flawed. Yeah. So, I think I think next Karate Kid is 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 slightly worse. Um, yeah. But this is a this this misses the mark. This misses the mark more. Yeah, than that's what Karate it is. Kid does. But the mark for Karate Kid is a much lower mark. water level. Yeah. All right. You know, you could put a baby in that water and it would be fine. <laughs> it's that lower water mark. <laughs> Well, you're going to have to... Not that I recommend you do that. But? All right. Should you need to. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll have to tell us what you think. Is The Karate Kid 2010 a better or worse film than The Next Karate Kid? Uh, If you're listening to this... We will entertain no other questions. (laughs) If you're listening to this, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter... Send a, an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com or write us a message on the Patreon. Yeah. We thank you again for your $10. We appreciate you. We love you. We really do. Thanks for letting us vent. Yeah. And thank you for letting us um, praise. We did both. We've done an equal, we, we did on different episodes. Right. <laughs> And if you're paying $10, you know that. That's right. All right. Well, we'll be back next month for another uh, couple of movies. Yeah, not too dissimilar. Not, not, not at all. We'll say, we'll say no more, but not now, uh, not, yeah. we expect to have a lot of the same conversations. <laughs> it should be uh, a good time, I think. All right, for Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions, Michael Schantz here of the How Dare You Awards, we will be back for yet another Patreon duo. Say goodbye, Tom. Stop saying your ass. <laughs> you you know you're in trouble when any new dialogue that's introduced in the movie is then immediately shot down by the other character right. upon its utterance. <laughs> don't want your scene partners to be your script editors. <laughs> Stop saying that. All right. So long, everybody. Of course you were right. 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 <laughs>